Hi, guys. <laughs> I've got my, my queen here. Um, uh, this is the, the most incredible, beautiful person in the entire world, and uh, it's just an honor to do life with her. She is an absolute queen. Hello, Durban. We are so excited to be with you. I, uh, I've, I've been back, I think about a, a month and a half ago, I was here with a team of wild revivalists who are part of our ministry school. So if you were at those meetings, would you just raise your hand? Were any Beautiful. That's amazing. So we are so, so excited to be back. There's an upgrade this time. Because I have, uh, I brought with me someone much more powerful and uh, anointed than I am. So the uh, upgrades in the room are available. Rich is carrying such a significant word for this afternoon. And I am so excited for you guys to get to receive from that. But more than anything, we just love being home. We, we find the privilege of being home the sweetest thing when you're in the land that you met the Holy Spirit for the first time, when you're in a land where you found what healthy family could look like amongst believers, when you're in a land where it was your first encounter with the goodness and the love of Jesus, there is something that no environment can match. And so when Richie and I are here, we walk into the city of Durban with such deep gratitude in our hearts. And uh, you've noticed, Eric shared with you, but uh, in, the, in, in an environment where it is really on the cusp of what God is doing around the world, it is no mistake that our people and what God is doing in our land has uh, equipped and qualified men and women, not just the two of us, but so many, for, uh, for loving and leading and, and setting a kingdom example. And so you're part of that story. Would you just open up your hands right now? Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and remind men and women of the pioneering call of God on their lives. Father, where men and women in the room have uh, resigned themselves to taking the cue off another nation or another life or another style of leadership, Father, I sense the permission of heaven in the room this afternoon. God, I ask that the honor of heaven would begin to rest again on the unique call of God on every life, every expression, every man, every woman in the room. God, I see you with fire coming to ignite every specific call of God that is contained in the room. So as we begin, God, we invite heaven's honor, we invite the peace of God to begin to return to the history that every life carries with you in the room. God, we honor the history of God that every man and woman carries in the room. And so we invite the collective call of God to arise like never before. We invite the spirit of unity that celebrates diversity and is unstoppable. Father, I, I invite the lid of leadership to lift off every head right now in Jesus' name. I say, Father, would hearts ignite again this afternoon? Would hearts ignite again where they might have grown weary or a spirit of comparison could have crept in? 
Heaven's honor is in the room this afternoon. So I thank you, Father, that it's not wise and persuasive words, but it's a demonstration of power. So sneaky power of God, would you begin to creep up on men and women who have resigned themselves to the sidelines? Would you right now begin to creep up on heads and hearts that have said, well, maybe for another time or when I've reached this timeline or or check this box, then it will be my time. Jesus, I thank you that you're coming with eyes of fire and you're looking upon heads and hearts right now and you're saying that is the birthplace of the new thing I'm doing. That is the birthplace of what I am doing at this time. I don't need another man or another woman. I choose you. I choose you. That's what I hear him saying. I choose you. I knew exactly what I was getting into when I chose you. I knew exactly what I was doing. Your gift mix, your personality, I knew exactly what I was doing. So Father, we celebrate diversity because we invite the spirit of unity in the room. We invite the spirit of unity in the room that welcomes in the different expression of heaven over every head and every heart. As Katya so eloquently spoke about, Holy Spirit, you're the great leveler. When we, we meet you, Holy Spirit, you equip us in every way, shape, or form. So right now, in Jesus' name, we just lift off the lid that your history has to look like this, or your words have to sound yes, like this. God. We lift off the lid right now, in Jesus' name. Yes, God. In Jesus' name, that you have to sound or look a certain way to carry heaven's culture. We welcome in the permission slip of heaven. We welcome in the qualification of heaven. And it's you, Holy Spirit. You're the safest but the most dangerous thing that can ever happen to us. Yes. And we welcome you in. Yes, God. We welcome you in. Yes, we welcome God. you in. We welcome you in. Can you feel the peace of God in the room? Yes, God. It's because he's content with you. And he's content that he is able to qualify you. The peace of God in the room is a sign that there is nothing lacking in the room. The grass is not greener on the other side. Right where you are, right now, however he's made you, is is enough. Is enough. So we welcome you in peace of God. Yeah, we don't need answers. We need you. So we welcome in the fullness of heaven into the room right now. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Yeah, don't be in a hurry. Just wait. Your time is never wasted when you wait on him. You can wait for an hour and one moment with him. One moment with him is all you need. All you need for what he's called you to. Just wait. Just wait. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Thanks. Sneaking up on some of you, just wait. (laughs) Ah, And you can wait joyfully. The more heavy it is does not mean the more holy it is. Just wait. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. I remember 
I was preaching in a meeting in uh, Redding, California, and there was someone that came into the meeting. It was a unique meeting. I preached four in a row in the meeting. And, uh, and uh, while I was pre- preaching in the meeting, there was a person standing just in the, sitting in the second row, right around right right by my friend here. I really like you. <laughs> and uh, and he, was, he came and he sat in the meeting with me and he sat on the seat there and I was preaching and as I started preaching, he just started weeping. But I don't think it was from the content because he was weeping so loudly that I, 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 he probably couldn't hear anything I was saying. And he just sat there and he just started to weep and weep and weep, and it was a unique meeting. I preached four in a row, and the room would get cycled out, but he sat there, and he wept for four in a row. And he just wept and wept and wept, and, uh, and then he left the building without, without me getting to, to see him. So when I left, I, I left a little bit later. I was in the parking lot, and while I was standing in the parking lot, this man came to me, and he said, young man, I need to tell you what, uh, what happened to me. And he said that I was driving past the airport and the Lord said, buy a ticket and fly to Redding, California and go to that church, Bethel. And as he came, he said it was the first meeting that I was in. And while I was in the meeting, I walked in, don't know what you said, but the, the presence of God started to come upon me. And the presence of God rested on me and I just began to weep. And he said, it was nothing you said. And he said, as I walked out of that building, uh, someone came up to me and they said, "Uh, can I pray for you? And as they said that, I fell out under the power of God. And he said, it's it's been 20 years I've been a Christian. It's the first time I've ever experienced the power of God. Oh, I just get excited about that. eh? So I just want to give you permission to not at all even hear a word I say, but be taken up, raptured up, encountered with the one whose name is lover, one just totally taken by Jesus. I give you total permission to be like that man sitting on the second row, total permission to not just hear my words, but to be taken into encounter with Jesus. Is that okay? Tell the person next to you, I am stepping into an encounter right now. Tell the person next to you, I am getting marked with a radical encounter with Jesus. Tell the person next to you, it's my, it's my afternoon. And then, and then look at the carpet before you. I want you to look down at the carpet and I want you to say, carpet, we are going to be good friends. <laughs> Look at the carpet. I want you to say, carpet, my tears love you. Carpet, you are comfy and wonderful. (laughs) Oh, man. I I just give you permission to encounter Jesus, even at any moment. You have permission right now. Say to the person, your, your second choice, whoever you didn't speak to last time, say to the person, you have permission. Permission. Hey. <laughs> well, my name is Richard. I, a little bit about me. I am desperately, wildly, all in, swimming deep, drowning in love with Jesus. 
I, I, I am, and I'm a little bit embarrassing. I'm just in love. I am wildly in love. I'm that lavish extra. I'm just in love with Jesus. I've, I have just decided. You know what? I'm done with trying to keep it all together. I am, I'm off the edge. I am just all wildly, deeply, passionately in love with Jesus. I've made it, I've just made it my, my desire to make, to, to make him known and to know him radically and intimately. Oh, and my heart is that, that you'd encounter Jesus and you'd fall more desperately in love with Jesus. That's my heart. My heart above all things is that you wouldn't walk away with information, that you wouldn't walk away with just a heart that's moved, but you'd walk away so, so radically touched to fall desperately in love with Jesus Christ. Oh, I love him. Oh, I just love him so much. Man, I remember I was in a church in Durban and uh, the Holy Spirit had just broken out with a bunch of the kids in the Sunday school class that I was teaching. And, uh, and they invited me to come and do some stuff in the main church. You know, got upgraded. <laughs> a little bit earlier, while in the beginning of Kasha's message, I was upstairs and I was preaching to the Sunday school kids. Oh, man, it was just beautiful. Eh? Gold dust started coming on them. And then... Uh, and then there was, uh, and then these kids that we prayed for the Holy Spirit. And this one little kid, she came to me and, she, and I, I said, what happened to you? She said, I, I don't know, but, it, but my whole body just started to tremble. Under the, she used the word tremble. I was like, that's good vocabulary for a, five, a grade five. Just tremble, just started to tremble. And I don't know what was happening, but I was just trembling under the power of, under, under God. And the little kid said, I don't know what happened. I closed my eyes and it was like I was up and I was in a cloud sitting in a cloud and I said oh that's just good news that's Ephesians 2 we seated in the heavenly places even right now you know I'm here but I live in a dual place I live in another place too and so you so do you and uh so back to the story so I, I was at uh, at my at this church in Durban and the Holy Spirit broken out in the church and they invited me to the main church I've been invited to the main church yeah thank you <laughs> and, uh, and we called people up for healing and the people came up for healing and they came up and I said let me bring my kids so he came and brought the kids and I remember there was this little girl her name was Pascal and uh, she was trembling under the power of God and she came up and she laid her hand on this lady and this lady uh, um, came up and she had hip issues she hadn't been able to walk for a good month and uh, um, and Pascal came and she lay her hand and this little girl prayed for this, this lady, probably in her, her 70s. And the power of God touched this lady. And she, she went down to the ground and uh, my Sunday school class surrounded her and started praying for her. And she got up, all the arthritic pain left and she was able to walk perfectly. And, uh, and I was still in connection with her and, she, and all her arthritic pain had never come back. It was just the most amazing story. But what gripped my heart, <laughs> and God, thank you that arthritic pain will be leaving, even during this time, even in the presence. And uh, I remember uh, 
what, what she said to me afterwards, I spoke to her and said, you know, what happened to you? And she said, I don't know, but as you prayed for me, it was like the power of God came upon me. And she said, you know, Rich, I've been a Christian for 22 years and I've never experienced the power of God. And I remember saying to myself, almost like in a, a beautiful, like something of a lion came up in me. And I remember saying to myself, not on my watch. Will a people go through and not know him intimately, not know him in that way? And I set, I set a course my life to, to make the, rea- the reality of God known to people. And uh, it's A.W. Tozer says this. He says that God is, uh, for millions of Christians, God is no more real than he is to the non-Christian. But where is this intimate, ecstatic love relationship with God? But religion has held the people captive. Oh. And so I've just been on this wild journey. Uh, it says in Daniel 11.32, it says that those who know their God will do great exploits. And that word uh, is uh, yada, know. Those that know their God, that word is yada, which means to know Him in an intimate experiential way it's the same word used in Genesis where it says that Adam knew Eve he yarded Eve and they bore a child it's an intimacy a connection that actually bears fruit it's the same word that's used when it says that uh, God made covenant with Abraham it's this intimate connection that produces fruit it's the same word that's used in Psalm 139 where it says that David knew uh, God knew David every detail it's this intimate detailed experiential knowledge that produces fruit I love when people yard at God I love it do you know why because I know what's going to come in nine months I know what's gonna come in three months I know what's coming I love it when people experience the power of God oh I am unapologetically preaching you into an encounter with Jesus let me pull the curtain back let me tell you exactly what I'm doing I want you to encounter the lover I want you to encounter the lover who has taken over my life You know that he loved you before you loved him. Remember the first time I walked into a church, it was Cog's Church, Church of the Good Shepherd in Durban. I remember walking in the back, I had a big orange mohawk at the age of 17. I've changed a little bit. And I I stood at the back of the church and uh, I, I stood at the back and they started to sing. And as they were singing, I'd never been to church in my life. I stood at the back and this presence, I now I have language for it, but I was telling the kids this morning, it just felt like the tingles. I felt like this presence came upon me from my head right down to my toes. And I said to myself, holy beep, I think, I think this thing may just be real. And I went on a rabid pursuit to discover divinity, to discover God. And in the process, I fell in love with a man. Oh, I fell desperately, wildly in love with Jesus. First time I got filled with the Holy Spirit, 
I was, uh, I went to a meeting, Libby invited me to it, and I remember uh, sitting at the, the back watching as some, maybe for some of you it's your first meeting, your first prophetic gathering like this. For me it was. But maybe it's your 10th. God's going to do something. And I remember standing in the back and, and the preacher started uh, uh, releasing different mantles across the room. And uh, he released a mantle for, uh, he released a mantle for worship. Yes, God. He released a mantle for pastoring. Yes, God. He released a mantle for the apostolic. And then I started for the first time seeing people fall out under the power of God. For the very first time in my life, I started seeing just the presence of God touch people for the first time in my life. And I was, to be honest, I was a little bit taken aback. And uh, then he got to the end and he said, uh, there's going to be one more, um, one more anointing and one more mantle that's going to be released. And it's only going to come on a few people. And when it does, you just need to get out the way. And I was like, okay. And uh, so I'm making my way out of the way. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out the way. And then he said, it's coming on one, two, and three. And he said, I release a mantle of signs and wonders. And I remember falling back three rows of chairs, taking our two grannies and a bunch of people. And I, I remember not knowing what happened to me, but knowing what happened to me. And I remember the Lord just encountered me in such a radical way. And I remember um, going into a trance and I remember shaking for seven days straight as the presence of God came on me. It was a yada moment. It was this yada moment that happened. And I believe the Lord wants to mark people. I believe the Lord wants to mark people radically. I want to share what happened post that because uh, how many of you know it's, it's actually not about the physical, um, but sometimes love looks like something. I remember when I got married, I remember seeing Libby, and as she turned the corner, I remember seeing the glimpse of her dress for the very first time. And I remember uh, I was standing up front, and I remember seeing the glimpse of her white dress. And as the first time I saw the glimpse of her white dress, my lips started to quiver. We have one of her bridesmaids here, and I think one of my groomsmen is here. My lips started to quiver, and uh, they all started to laugh at me. And from that moment on, they started calling me gums. It was a moment, I'd been in love with her, but it was a moment I fell more in love and, and love looked like something. It, uh, it took form in some way. I don't know why, but sometimes my lips just starts to quiver in tender moments now. And that's what happened to me. There was a seven day encounter where I shook under the power of God for seven days and, uh, and I slept about three hours a night and uh, the Lord spoke to me significantly during that time. For many charismatics, it was like, I want that, choose me. For me, it was just not my, it was just not my story. I didn't, I didn't understand any of that. And, uh, and so I was actually very scared, but the Lord did something really significant. I was studying my master's degree at the time in, uh, in engineering. And what had happened is while I was studying my master's degree, I got stuck at a certain point. And when I got stuck at that point, I said to Libby, uh, we were together at the time, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm actually just going to give up. You know, it was a very difficult degree. There was only two people. And I remember I, was, I got stuck, 
and while I was stuck, I remember saying to Libs, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give up this, this degree. And uh, there was only, what happened, there's 16 people that started this master's dissertation, only two people finished. I remember falling asleep that night, and there was an angel that visited me during that seven-day encounter. And as I fell asleep that night, that same angel visited me, and he handed me a scroll. And the Lord said, this scroll is for your master's degree. And on the scroll in the account, I opened it up and it read AODV, ad hoc on demand. Well, AODV was an, it was an algorithm for wireless tele, telecommunication. I woke up in the morning, I started researching it out. As I started to research it out, I discovered that it was a, it was a shortest path telecommunication algorithm on ad hoc on demand distance vectors. And uh, I based my whole dissertation around it. And what ended up happening, there became such favor on the dissertation that it brought me before the head of the army, the head of the navy, the head of the air force. It brought me before uh, the U.S. defense re uh, representative. It brought me before U.K. defense representatives. Brought me before the defense minister of India, before the defense minister of Angola. And I started to get favor in the military world in a significant way. And it started to come out of, do you know where it came from? It came from a yarder moment. It came from a yada moment of encounter where the Lord Jesus just encountered the most unlikely, the most unlikely young man. The grace of God came upon me, the most unlikely young man. This, I remember I had dreadlocks at the time and for some reason I wanted to wear a checkered suit to, before this audience with all these dignitaries. I was offered jobs left, right and center with these, uh, with, in the military world. And, uh, and what happened is, what happens is when you yard a God, it says in Daniel 11:32 that those who know their God will do great exploits. Great favor starts to open up. What if, what if the charismatic glory of God was not contained just to these spiritual meetings, but what if the glory of God started to burst out into boardrooms, burst out into marketing, uh, marketing conversations, burst out into engineering, burst out into business? What if the angels started to partner with, what if we started to do things outside of the church walls that were beyond your natural capabilities? What I'm finding too often with Christians is they'll step outside of the church and they'll revert back to natural thinking and natural ways. What happens if we actually start started to partner with and started to partner with the things of God and step into a space that was beyond our natural skills or abilities. What if we started to walk like the Daniels? I remember I was driving down to Google. I had a, a contract with them. Uh, uh, I did a, a work with them. As I was driving down, the same angel appeared to me in the left-hand side in my car on the uh, passenger side. And uh, the angel said to me, you're going to meet a man by the name of Daniel when you go down. And he's going to give you great favor in that industry. And so as we got down, I got into, um, got into the offices and I walked through and, I, and I, they introduced me, they took me through and they said, this is the man you're gonna be working with. His name was Daniel. And I shook his hand and I said, and he wasn't a Christian, um, but what ended up happening is that, uh, long story short, but we should, have, we should have never passed the certain product that we did. But through the favor of God, God opened this radical door and through the favor of God, we passed this product. I remember him saying to me, he, he said to me, uh, what has just happened is it should never have happened. I don't know how that happened, but uh, something must be special about you. I said, well, it's no longer I, well, I didn't say this, but this is what I say to myself. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives within me. And the life I live now, I live, I live through the Son of God. 
And uh, I remember we passed the very first, uh, we did the first collaboration between Google and an African-based company. We did the first collaboration and, uh, with them. And it came through an encounter. It came through an encounter. I want to teach you a couple things. And uh, I'm going to break down a couple things. And I'm an engineer, so I love to reverse engineer things. I love to take the glory. And some of this is going to change the game on how you do business. Some of this is going to change the game on how you lead team. Some of this is going to change the game on actually how you bring the glory of God into moments and meetings. It's actually going to unlock things for you. I actually taught this to some people, and I showed them how to do it. And they went into meetings, and they saw the glory of God break out in meetings when they've never actually had the glory of God move in their meetings before. I showed this to some people that were leading businesses, and they, I, I remember teaching one person this, and I taught their staff, and their, some of their staff weren't Christian, and some of their staff were Christian. And as I taught them about 24 hours later, um, something of <clears throat> unnatural favor opened up. And see, when you come into alignment with spiritual things, natural things start to come into alignment. And uh, they got a phone for their, their largest quote um, in the hundreds, thousands, and it was because they come into alignment with spiritual things. So I want you to teach you a couple of spiritual keys to open up, and but I want you still to receive. Is that cool? It's just keep receiving. The glory of God is here. I love it. You know, praise, when you start to praise, it's an act of yourself. It's an act of you praising, lifting up, and that brings the anointing of God. But actually, when when, when you start to worship, that's when the glory of God comes. It's a sacrifice and the glory comes. See, when, when, uh, when the anointing comes, it brings this power to break strongholds and to release people. But when the glory of God comes, man, sickness is illegal. When the glory of God comes, people just start getting freed in the presence. This is what Catherine, would, Catherine Coleman would operate in. Catherine would actually just create pres the presence of God. She was a great revivalist of old. She would just tap into the presence of God, and people were just healed in the moment. It wasn't through the laying of hands. It was just in the moment, in the presence. Um, can can uh, you help me just bring that up, babe? Patrick, you have been. Oh, look at you. Can you bring that out there? It says in, um, in Deuteronomy 32.30, says that one will set a thousand to flight, but two will set 10,000 to flight. So what happens, so if you think about this, if you think about uh, how it works in the natural world, you think one will make a thousand impact. So straight away, you need to know that your impact on the spiritual realm is when you actually put out your one, when you actually invest your what you have. It makes a thousand impacts on the spirit. It makes this punch that happens in the spirit realm. You are packing. But now this will change the whole game on how you minister and change the whole game on how you do business, whole game on actually how you create moments that are just not of yourself, but moments that tap into the corporate anointing and pop rooms and see God move in the business space and God move in the church space. It's, you would imagine that two would actually make an impact like that. But actually the scripture says, no, one will set a thousand, but two will set 10,000. There's an exponential increase that happens when you operate in a team. There's an exponential 
an impact that actually punches and operates when you build on people. What often what happens is that people don't build on each other and they're always starting a new wave, a new move, a new move, a new move. But actually, if you start to look what God has done and what God's on and you actually add your strength, your one, your 1,000 to what He's already doing, it doesn't just become a 2,000. It becomes a 10,000 moment. Let me give you a secret. Very seldom do I actually... I am actually part of 1,000 moments. I'm usually looking around and hanging around to be part of the 10,000 moments, sniffing out where the glory is, sniffing out where the anointing is in the business space as, a well, as well as in the ministry space. And I'm looking where the anointing is and I'm jumping on it as quickly as I can to, to jump into those 10,000 moments. Because I believe the Lord doesn't want you just to be in a place where you're operating in a thousand, but I believe the Lord wants you to step into a place where you're operating in the 10,000 moments. Moments where it's their corporate anointing moments that it's not just your natural ability not just your gifting that's going out but you actually start stepping into things that are way beyond your ability way beyond your moment well 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 so one will set a thousands of flight but two will set ten thousands of flight and there'll be a ten thousand moment that's Deuteronomy 32 30 um, is it okay if I, I take five more minutes is that okay I want to just uh, unlock a couple of keys that um, and I'll just run through these Dave could you come up and just oh you're the best you're the best uh, just a couple of keys that just release the glory of God in a room uh, it says in Psalm 22 3 it says that he enthrones himself on the praises of his people that word enthroned is a yeshub which means to sit on, to enthrone, to embody. It's as if you have all these people and they're sitting there. These are my people. They don't have arms or legs. And as they start to praise, it's as if God starts to actually sit on the people. As they start to lift up praise, they, Yeshua, God literally enthrones himself on the people to usher in the presence of God keys to actually ushering in the presence of God literally worship is a key that literally unlocks you see Catherine Coleman do it she would there would be these moments where their worship would always start these big choirs would start going and there'd be a radius a metron of of two miles where people would fall out under the power of God there would, uh, I was chatting to a man that was in her meetings. He said that before she even got on stage, the presence of God was so thick people could not stand. There's something about worship, and you'll find it as you start praising, he starts to come. He enthrones himself. He sits on the praise of his people. I'm deconstructing. I'm taking you in to actually how to open up and access the glory of God in a room. Another one is through declaration. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. It says in Proverbs 23, verse seven, it says that as a man thinketh, so he is. You can actually frame up your world through the words that you say and you can create life in a room through the declaration. I'm deconstructing, taking you back. Remember the start of this meeting even. 
Remember the start of this meeting, actually how you actually started to speak out the encounter of God that was about to mark your life. I was putting a target upon you through the power of declaration. You do this in a business space, changes the entire game. You do this in a business space, you mark your business for radical glory and presence of God rest upon. It changes the whole game. Uh, through, it's Proverbs 18. power of the testimony, it says in Revelations 12, uh, 12, 11, it says they're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. How crazy is this, that the same blood that gave us access into the heavens, the very same blood that opened the door, that made us right before the Father, that very same blood, it says that they overcame by the power of, uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. It, it puts the power of the testimony in the same breath as uh, the blood of the lamb, almost offensive. Why I'm sharing this with you is so that you would develop a belief system where it would actually change everything you do. Because it's not by behavior modification, but it's by belief systems. And if you can change your belief system on worship, you can actually change the whole atmosphere of a room. If you can change your belief system regarding declarations, you can change the whole atmosphere of a business. If you can change your belief systems behind testimonies, you can change the whole atmosphere of what happens when a testimony is shared. Have you ever seen a person that shares a testimony and overcoming power gets released in a room? It's not because they shared it well. It's because it comes from a belief system that they believe that actually there's something overcoming that's upon them. Revelations 19.10, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the testimony actually prophesies it'll do it again. Why does it happen again to some people when they share a testimony and some not? I'd be bold enough to say there's actually a belief system that someone's operating out of that actually when they start to share the testimony, it comes from a belief system that actually hits the people. You can literally change the game by changing the belief system. I like a little whiteboard, eh? I like it. I do like it. I'll just give you one or two more and then I'm going to close. Revelation. I love what, uh, I don't think I spelled that right, but you'll survive. Revelation, Bob said it, but he said Revelations comes through encounter. I love encounter. Tell the person next to you, I love encounter. See what I just did there? I'm setting you up. <laughs> uh, Revelation, it's, uh, it's Revelation's the affirmation of heaven. It shows that he actually trusts you, he endorses you. Revelation, if someone has a revelation on a topic, actually power comes from that topic when they share it. The anointing's not on the topic, it's actually on revelation. It's actually, so on Kutcher Speaks on Woman, an anointing starts coming on the room. Bob starts talking on prophecy, anointing starts coming on the room. Someone else will start talking on business, anointing will start coming in the room. The anointing is not actually on the topic, it's because they've gone behind the veil and those that have eagerly sought some God rewards, Hebrews, uh, uh, Hebrews says, and it's, it's, that's actually where the anointing comes. Have you gone behind the veil and found a revelation that when you start speaking about it, actually heaven just draws near? So many people, are, they just go from teaching to teaching. They think, oh, God's on that, God's on that, God's on this, God's on... No, no, 
if you had to go behind the veil and get a revelation for yourself, God would just fall upon that revelation in such a significant way. I want to encourage you, get your own revelation. Like Matthew 16, where Bob was talking about it, but where Jesus asks, and he says, hey, who do you say I am? And then Peter says, well, 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 well others say you're John the Baptist. Others say you, you're this. No, 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 Jesus says, but who do you say I am? And no, 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 you're the Messiah. On that, on this rock, I'll build my church. On revelation, I'll build my church. Not on what this, what this person taught and that person taught and that person taught. No, on revelation, I'll build my church. Worship, declaration, testimony, revelation. I like you guys. Um, let me pray for you guys. My, my heart is uh, that you wouldn't be a people that do tricks, but you'd be a people that de- develop belief systems that affect the way that you minister and do business. Uh, my heart is that you wouldn't be a people that learn how to do these things to change a culture, but you'd actually get a belief system that would change a culture. It's the Oral Roberts, the um, Catherine Commons, the Revivalists of old. It wasn't because of a bunch of things they did, but it was from belief systems that actually unlocked things. And so would you stand and let me pray for you. Spirit, I pray not for a thousand moment, but for a 10,000 moment, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, of different people's businesses in this place, Lord God, I pray that a spirit of innovation, revelation, and a Daniel spirit would be across this place in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would release keys to open up and keys to access the glory of God. God, I pray that you would release practical keys into hands that people could take into their business, into their family, into their churches, Lord God, to change the game to absolutely change the game, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would put inside their hands right now golden tools. I see these golden hammers and golden swords and these things of gold falling upon hands right now. And I believe the Lord is equipping you with tools to minister. And not just in the church, but outside the church too. I see the Lord equipping you with golden tools to minister, to see reform and change. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would seal every single thing that was shared, Lord God. God, I pray that this place would be a place of deep encounter. When I was here last, I, I smelt the smell of revival in this house. And uh, when I was here last, I remember standing behind that half-done uh, painting, and I remember just smelling in the air, something that I'd smelt uh, in, in reading once before, and it smelt like revival coming to this place. And I felt like the Lord say, this is going to be a hot spot in Durban. This is going to be a hot spot that people uh, look to, and it's going to be a flagship and a lighthouse for revival. And so, God, thank you so much that you're raising up a people that are hungry, uh, not for exclusivity, but to include all and to be one that, that shines a bright light, that revival is possible in this city, in this city. You just, uh, just wouldn't you just give Jesus all the glory with me? Just give you all the glory.